Okay, I am, uh, for lack of a better word, a, I guess a um, big community person, meaning I believe in the strength of being part of the larger community. And that always, that always brings with it uh, costs and sacrifices. This, this is the, the general um, chapter 32, Lamed Bet, in Parshat Matot. This is the, the general way things work, sort of the way you were referring to your, your uh, house, right? The guy who's doing it wants to do them all the same, because it's easier for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you are buying the house, so you want it the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's buying a house. Now, what happens when it comes to a shul, a community, right? Uh, a country. So, on the one hand, each of us have our... Yeah, each of us have our. Here, take another cup of coffee. No. no. On the one hand, each of us have our individual needs and our desires, and say, well, you know, if I want to have my druthers, I'd rather do it this way, or have it here, or, you know, have it in this particular way, and, and so what we tend to do is we tend to, want to answer or or address our own individual needs. On the other hand, though, when each of us addresses our own individual needs, then what happens? We don't have a community. Right. It, it very much uh, it, it, uh, harms the ability of the community to function as a community. So you have this sort of tension, this ongoing tension, and it's a really never-ending tension between the needs of the many and the needs of the one. To quote Spock. Okay? Nobody knows what that is. Sorry. <laughs> no. um, and you find this always. You know, obviously, as a formal show rabbi, this is a huge issue. For us, because uh, you know we were the large, the only shul that was really a shul in our community, and in order to get to our shul, you had to walk by probably ten shtiblach. Does that sound right? Just mm-hmm. to get to our shul, anybody who came to our shul walked by ten shtiblach to get to us. And so, on a cold winter's morning, of which there were many in Detroit, it was very enticing to stop at the first or the second or the fourth shtiblach and say, "Well, why do I need to walk to Young Israel?" But all of a sudden, lo and behold, whenever anybody in the community needed a rabbi to write them a letter to get them out of taking a, you know, a, a standardized test on a Shabbat, who did they turn to? That would be me. Why? Because who else are they going to go to? Their, their shtibel doesn't have a rabbi with a letterhead with a, who can sit, sit, who has, who's being paid to sit and write them a letter. You know what I'm saying? So take advantage of what they need, that big community thing. They need that show community thing. I was made them write a check to the show. So, you know, they did that. But, and, and so... You, you, you find this tension of the needs of the individuals versus the needs of the many. And, and uh, with that introduction, I think, um, we'll come to uh, the, uh, the main question that I have about this chapter. We'll see, and I'm not sure what the answer is. Is this Matot Matot Mase. Yes. Long parsha. Okay. So, when on chapter 32. Umikna, can you get me the tissue, please? Thank you, Lamb. Umishne Rav Haya, Libne Ruvain, Ibne Gad, Atsum Od. The sons of God and Ruvain had a lot of cattle. Vayu et Eretz Yazer, Vet Eretz Gilad, Vihine Makom, Makomikne. They are, the Jewish people, have spent the last, not, not a long amount of time, conquering the, the east bank of the Jordan River and utterly decimating the nations that live there. So you've got this large swath of land that's ripe for the taking. Now, until now, you have to remember, what has Hashem said to them until now? Hashem has said to them, you're going to have Eretz Canaan, Eretz Israel, Eretz Israel, Eretz Israel. Is this part of Eretz Israel? 
No. Only what's oh, Only what's But they have sheep. They have cattle. So the people of God and Reuven come to Moshe and Aaron. They say, "Atarot v'divod v'yazer v'nimra v'cheshbon ve'elalei u'shivam u'nevo u'vaon." Haven't said anything yet. All those cities that we've conquered. Haaretz asher hika Hashem lifnei adat Yisrael eretz miknehi v'la'avadecha mikneh. What do you know? It's really good for cattle, right? And we have cattle. Now, we know what they're going to ask. And they say, Don't pass us over the Jordan. Meaning what? But they say it in a very interesting way. Don't make us come with you. You know, it's like... Uh, what's your reaction to their request? What's your reaction? Forget Moshe's reaction. Sounds like they want to split off from B'nai Israel. Yeah, doesn't it? It's a breakaway meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. But I'll tell everybody, don't make us go over the yard, to the Yarden. They're making you. We're forcing you. You know, It just so happens that this is available and now all of a sudden like we have our needs and like you are now imposing your will upon us. It's so interesting how that happened. When did, when did that happen? Alta Avirenu means don't make us go. Except I think my friends are very politely. They haven't said we don't want to go. They're saying please don't make us go. What's the difference? I mean, one you're right. They say, it, they say it very politely. They say it very politely. I think it's very respectful what the way they're saying it. Right, but how should they have said it? <coughs> How they didn't they say, come and say, we're not coming with you. What? <laughs> right. No, I don't think, no, uh, not, not necessarily. We live here now, there isn't that much. Think about, like, the topography of Israel. If Good. you really have Meknet, it wasn't such a ridiculous thing to ask for. Good. What's the plan? What do you mean by so What was the plan? The are going to make it fertile and Right. Imagine somebody saying, does that sound familiar? Well, I have a job that involves accounting. So, instead of going to Israel, I would prefer to live in New York and do my job in accounting. Don't make me go. What would you say to that? Especially since I'm a U.S. tax accountant. Yeah, right. <laughs> What, 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 what's, I mean, does that, that sound... Fine. It sounds fine. <coughs> it like, sounds reasonable. I mean, on two sides. On one side, you can say... Okay, wait, didn't we just start this by saying, oh, we all did this, we don't need this to pep talk? No, on the one <laughs> hand, you could say, well, change your life, it's more important to... You know, but on the other hand, for some people, changing their life could lead them to emotional, serious... Whole tribes... And they just traveled 40 years and yeah. lost half the nation. How'd they become, wait, I was like, how'd they become Anshe Mikne anyway? I don't know, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, they're Anshe Mikne. Just what happens, they're good at Mikne. They have Mikne. I don't, I don't know. Where'd they get it from? Yeah, that's a good question. Did they bring it with them? They, they did bring Mikne with them. Yeah, it makes you wonder entirely, like, you know, I'm have thinking. Have the Mikne survived in Yeah. What? <laughs> no, they have plenty have of Mikne. Have the Mikne survived in the desert? Remember, desert, don't think Sahara. When the when the when the midbar, midbar says midbar, right? Think often like when you go to midbar, you go to the Judean desert. There's plenty of shrubs and stuff. 
They grazed the whole time. One minute. Here, they had conquered all this land mm-hmm. on the eastern side of the Yarding. Take it the land. other. Take it from the other tech that they're not even presenting this idea. They're presenting the lush idea, okay? But take it from the other point of view. They conquered all this land. They're just going to leave it? I mean, look what happens when you do that. Yeah, what happens? When you don't annex land to your You don't country. get it. Right, you, you leave get, it. There's, no. They it gets inhabited that? by hostile people. It doesn't, it's not that you lose it. It gets inhabited by hostile... Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. And then you protect your borders. Right. And so but, I, but they conquered the land. Like, they're not even presenting that, that view at all. Well, they attacked their enemies. I don't think the goal, the goal of attacking these enemies was not to conquer the land. They wanted to go through. But these people said, no, you can't go through. So they said, okay, we'll go through you. It just so happened. In the process, they, had, they conquered all this land. They conquered all these enemies. Okay? So. Yeah, it just they're they're they basically say we got ours, we're fine. You don't see it that way. It's almost like getting to JFK Airport and saying you could get a porter job and say, can I stay here and work as a porter instead of going to Israel? Well, I mean, you were trained as a porter. You have the jacket. You know, you're all set. <laughs> no, I find it so unbelievable that they. It's not like, I'm not saying turn their backs on the nation, like they, they went to fight with them. Wait, 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 they did not yet go to fight with them. No, that no, wasn't in their maybe, initial offer. That wasn't in their initial offer. Uh-huh. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe there's a problem in that initially they only ask for themselves and they don't look at the big Claudia Israel. Uh-huh. While, while once Moshe says something to them, they say, okay, we'll come fight, we promise. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we promise. That we promise, we promise, right? Right? Um... It should have maybe, maybe if they would have come and said, but since we're part of Kali Yisrael, this is what we're still going to do for the, for the greater nation. Now remember, by the way, the Shvatim at that point, it's really a little hard for us to sort of relate to this, but the Shvatim really were, uh, they were unique entities. Yeah. They were individual entities. They worried first about, you know, Shevet and then about Kali Yisrael. You know, they had individual identities. Each one had a dagel, each one had a symbol. They, they were the Mishpachotam, the Vetavotam. Think about, you know, it says 12 distinct tribes. Almost like you try to tell people, um, most of you are not American. Well, no, I'm sorry. You know, like in America, like the idea of states' rights is so weird to us now. You know what I'm saying? Like, does New, is New Jersey really fundamentally different than Connecticut? Nobody really cares. But and there was a time when, right, when they started that they were significantly different. No, and then they had a civil war about that fight. About the difference between states' rights. And, you know what I'm saying? So think about these tribes as sort of like sub-countries, sub-nations within the nation. And that's the real question. How do you see yourself? We have to worry about the state of Ruvain and the state of God first. And the Jewish people will be fine. There's ten left. You don't see it. I, don't think I think if you have a legitimate request, it's okay to make your request, and it's okay for the other party to say yes or no. They refrain really? very respectfully. You turn it up to her. You don't think there are ever a request that's just wrong, rude, out of place, out of inappropriate? Not you can say it the very, in the nicest way. Will you please, if you really, if you don't mind, and, and you could find some time, would you please go jump in the lake? No, I, that's, that's by the way it was always like um, in yeshiva you always had to talk to the rebbe respectfully so the joke we said was you know you couldn't talk in second person would, you can't you know so you say would the rebbe go jump on the lake no <laughs> personally I think that if a person has a reasonable request it's 
it's very valuable to make that Good. decision so I guess instead of being que- resentful. I, uh, so I guess the question is, is it reasonable? Is this reasonable? Hashem has said, I will deliver you from the land of Egypt. And the whole time, what is she saying? And they're saying, they're going to come to the land of Eretz Canaan. We're going to get to blah, blah, blah. And then they come and say, yeah, it sounds real good. And you know, we've been, we've been talking about it for 40 years, and we really appreciate it. But, this looks better. I think I'm sure honest. What? It's like your armchair's honest. Ooh, okay. I mean, doesn't it? Thank you, guys. Eric says, I'll support you. And from the prophets of my cattle that are feeding on these lush fields, I will, I will give you and we will be there for you. There's never a place for that. We will defend you amongst the nations of the world from where you There's a very real place for that. Place for that. But there is a real place for that. But that's like if you, there was a big article in Besheva. There's a big article in Besheva on... It's money. What? There's a big article in Besheva on, on Nefesh Benefesh. I don't know if you all pick up the Besheva rag and try to... Yeah, sometimes. Re- I haven't been here. Oh, there was a big article by Shabbat Nefesh Nefesh. You know, yeah. their standard PRP is very nice, very lovely. And they say, yes, the, like Tony Gilbert, I think, they're like, well, if, if you succeed in your goal, then who's going to defend uh, Israel, you know, in, 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 in the halls of Congress? Who are the Jewish, you know? And he's like, don't worry. Yeah, we got, we got, we got ways to go. <laughs> okay, says Moshe. My younger Moshe, if they got to believe they were let me, let me get this straight. They're supposed to fight, and you're going to stay here? So Moshe Rabbeinu is, what's he most worried about? He doesn't even have to ask God. What's he most worried about? What is the reason? Right. But what is the motivating factor causing them to say, we don't want to go over? Right. And so then this is just simply a reprisal of the Chedam Meraglim. And what happened the last time? We're ready to go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, we got to fight. The Meraglim like, scared everybody well. So here you have these tribes, these, you know, these two tribes. They're, they're like, yeah, yeah, it's great. We're going to go, go, go. We're really kind of tired of fighting. I mean, is that the message that you send? Yeah. Right, that's, you know, like, you guys go, you'll be fine. Well, like you, know, like you said, send our checks. You know, we'll make sure everything is okay from this side. Tini'un. Okay, what is tini'un? That's a hard word. How does Rabbi um, Silverman translate it, whatever that is? This one? Yeah. Dishearten. Dishearten. Tini'un. Rashi says tini'un. You'll dishearten. Remove from their hearts the desire to go. What is exactly what happened with your fathers? They went to the Nachal Eshkol, they saw the land, and they disheartened the people. And God got mad, and He swore. I swear that those people will never see that land. I mean, Moshe goes on a whole... You can see, he's like, worked up, you know. 
בלתי כלה בין יפוני הכניזי ויהושע בן נון כי מילאו אחרי השם עבר בין כלה בין יפוני ויהושע י"ג פרטרטין ויחר אף השם בישראל ויניעם במדבר ארבעים שנה and God got mad at the Jewish people ויניעם נא what is נא ונד you notice that by the way the play on words See there, brother, see the play on words? It's a different word. Lama tini'un et leben Yisrael. If you're tini'un et leben Yisrael, what do you get? Vayini'em ba'midbar, with an ayin. You see that? Yeah, very much. Like Moshe is saying, you know, you did the crime, you did the time. Like that's it. Lama tini'un, vayini'un. Okay, it's a very, very, Moshe has really worked out, you can see. Atom kol ador ha'aseh ha'ra b'nei Hashem. Yudalet. Hinei and you... קמתם תחת אבותיכם תרבות אנשים חטאים. אאוץ'. אאוץ'. מה זה תרבות? נאודאיז, ראי, הדבר תרבות is you are and what but what is a tarbut, a culture? We're talking about tar- abundance of something? It's like Tommy Day here. Tommy Day? That's, that's what Uncle says. Okay. What, what is the word tarbut? Okay, how does the word Tar, uh, tarbut um, imply culture. Let's see if I look it up. I didn't look up this word. It's a I very. I didn't realize it was such a word. What's that? I didn't realize it was a word from Tana. Yes, you are a society of sinful people. Why? What is the tarbut ra'a? I mean, much of could have said, you know, you're getting them wrong. He, he, really, he really hits them hard. What is the tarbut ra'a? What is there? This idea that. that It kind of until now in the Torah it seems that that you must go live in Israel that is the whole point of Yitzhak Mitzrayim you to think? go out to serve God and to live in Israel mm-hmm. and maybe like they're the first you know as you said armchair Zionists they're the first ones who are kind of like putting out this idea that you can be part of Kla Yisrael but you don't have to be you know in Eretz Israel right yeah, but so you're saying that's the Tarbut Ra'ah Maybe they gave the, the license to what? everyone else to do that. They would assimilate. They would, they would take from all the surrounding cultures. Okay. And lose their, their essence. Okay. But the whole point of living in Earth Israel until now, it was so billed as this is a gift from God. Like God... Now you don't want my gift. Especially, right. And now they're saying, no, it's not good. Maybe that's the taboo of uh, ungrateful. Mm-hmm. One second. Talmidei guvraya chayevaya. Talmidei. Or maybe they're just happy when they act in this fertile, rich land. This is what they're happy with. This is what they know. They uh-uh. Well, one second, one second. Right. There are so many problems with what the Bnei Gadim Nei Ruvain said. What is their tarbut? The students of people who are sinful. So, on the one hand, what you could say very simply, they didn't want the land, they were afraid to enter, you didn't want to enter. So how did the word tarbut, what is it, how does the word, the word tarbut now means culture? It means tarbut rav, from, from what? What, abundance of? Tarbut, uh, it's a very hard word to translate, I'm not sure what to do with it. What was the sinfulness? I think it was ingratitude. Ingratitude, is that a word? Ingratitude? Yes, it is a word. The sinful, okay, let's, let's look back a second. Why in the world did they not want to go into Eretz Yisrael? Mm-hmm. They didn't say that they didn't want to go. What? Oh. They didn't say they didn't want to go. Why did they want to stay? Because of their tzom. Tzom, right? Put another word, another way. Financial. Money. Right. Meaning the whole... The, the, this will be abandoned. 
What? Correct. The whole, well, I don't think they want the easy life. They're not, they're not, they work hard. But the whole, the essence of Eretz Yisrael is essentially different. And Moshe Rabbeinu says this to them many times before. Eretz Yisrael is essentially different than outside of Eretz Yisrael. In that, right, Eretz Yisrael is an Eretz, what we say, Zabat Chalav Yudvash. But, right, that Moshe has told them that, right, that really that their sustenance comes from the Rabbonu Shalolam. That's where their, their, their mitzi'ud comes from. And they come along and say, we are anshay mikneh. What does it mean to be anshay mikneh? By the way, there's a whole like, interesting Tanakhi aspects of what it means to be anshay mikneh versus anshay sadeh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's, I've heard Shirim on this also. But what does anshay mikneh mean? We have our livelihood already. Well, we have our we wealth. Well, we want to preserve that. And we'd rather preserve the wealth we're here where we know it will remain. What? Then risk losing it. Or find another job, get another profession, try to do something. What? Start from scratch. Start from scratch. No, exactly right. Because the land will not sustain them in the same way, in the same numbers. Now, by the way, it it is a place of there were mikneh. How do we know that it could sustain some mikneh? How do you know that? Everyone had. Well, who had Mikna? Abraham. Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. It's just not good. It's not really a good place for Mikna. <laughs> like, you know, you want to be an oil baron, you'd rather live in Saudi Arabia. Like, there's, there's some gas, you know, in, in Israel, but, you know, probably Israel isn't the place you would go if you wanted to start drilling. So that's what they say, you know, and I think that that might be the Tarbut, the, in the essence, the Tarbut Ra'ah, Moshe says to them is, Look at the choice that you're making. The choice you're making, like the whole point of Eretz Israel is it's not one of these logical choices that you make to say, yes, I want to live there because. You know, I want to live there. Like now they say that a lot of people are considering Aliyah because America is so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doesn't it? People are saying that if they don't have jobs, not to pay tuition, and they come to Israel, and they don't have health care, they don't have education. Well, they figure, if I'm killing myself in Tinef to pay for, like, you know, $12,000 a month in taxes anyway, and I'm just struggling to get by, I might as well make a quarter of the salary struggling to get by and live in Israel. There, there is some logic, I guess. What? And not education. The amount of education is just... People are saying, like, an albatross. without jobs... Off. How how long it'll take them not to break even uh, from not having parnasa? From the tuition. How much money they'll be making by not spending? No matter what, they have fixed costs that they have to spend in right. America. So if they come and they they lose. Tuition, it, tuition is an is an incredible albatross in America. It's just an in inc- incredible in Australia too. Okay. It's just you know an overwhelming. Not in England, I know. It wasn't a, no. It wasn't a free. Depends. No, it is <laughs> no. no, it is also in England. There's state, there are state aid. Yeah, but a lot of the primary schools. school schools don't have that much because there isn't enough <coughs> primary school provision for uh-huh. Jewish kids. Interesting. Okay, but that, I think that this language of tarbut, this idea of tarbut and Hashimta, he really slams them. So what do they say? Oh, Moshe, do they, they don't address the underlying problem. What do they say? Vayikshu elav. I'm sorry. Tetvav ki teshuvun miacharav. You're, you're going to cause them, you're going to destroy the whole nation. They said, hold on. 
ve'arim metapenu. Okay, we will build pens for our sheep and cattle and cities for our children. Va'anachnu nechaletz chushim nifnei b'nei Yisrael ad asher v'yanum el mekomam. And then we will go nechaletz chushim. We'll go fighting right to the place and we'll bring them to their to their cities. V'yashav tapinu b'arim mivtzar mivnei yoshvei haaretz. We will build fortified cities for our own families, for our own, for our women and children, right? You know who are going to be secure. We promise we won't come home until every person is inherited in their place. Why? We'll give up our nachala in the land of Eretz Yisrael. We'll take our nachala here. Right? And we will make sure that they settle where they're supposed to be. Okay? Now, but let me ask you a question. Do they keep their word in the mm. <coughs> Isn't there somewhere in Yeshua where he sends them back? Yeshua sends them back? He does. Where he, he like releases them from there. Uh-huh. And he sends them back home. I don't remember. I didn't, never learned Yeshua. I skipped that grade. Really? They didn't wait. They didn't wait. What? They didn't wait for the well, they had never done. What happened? Nobody really finished never, conquering in the really beginning. Conquering. Right. They never finished conquering. Right? Now But they gave out why not? to have the Goral to have the Right, why not? Why did they finish conquering? They didn't need it. What? Maybe they didn't need it. Or just think they weren't strong enough. No, the police, the Christian in Aza, they already <laughs> right, sounds right. They, they, they never were able to totally conquer them. David HaMelech ran to the, the, what we call today Ashkelon. The entire book of Shoftim is the chronicle of what happened because they never drove out the police team. The Moabim and the, the, and, the Zaran and the other indigenous tribes. It was very much a situation where you had pockets of foreigners living amongst you, right, in, in small enclaves. Can anybody imagine such a situation? Yeah. Mm, right? We only deal with the, with the fallout from a security point of view. But forget the security. They were more, more concerned from the spiritual, religious that. point of view. Yeah. And God is very much concerned. Okay, if you do it, if you go before God. 21. And you promise to go fight until you drive out all the enemies. And <coughs> conquer the land. Keep saying Lifne Hashem before God. Excuse me. And then you go back. And then you will be clean from God and from Israel. Then fine, then you can stay here. The idea of Yitem Nikiim Mehashem Umi Yisrael does sound good to you or not so good? You will be clean from God and from Israel. What is that? How does that sound to you? Not so good. What do you mean? That means that implies there's something they have to be clean from. Right. Well, it's funny. I, I always tracks me. The Midrash actually takes this in a very positive way that there's, there's, a, there's an idea of being Nikiim both from Hashem and from Israel. It's not, not enough to from one, you have to go, you know, Me'al, Me'ever, you know, the Fnim Mishra Does Nikiim mean like, like, Mechila, you'll have Mechila from them? What's that? Does it mean that you'll have Mechila from them? Does it mean that you'll. You'll have fulfilled your responsibilities, you'll be Naki, you'll be clean. 
You know what I'm saying? You'll have done what you're supposed to have done. Okay? He says, V'imlo, listen to this, Chav Gimel, V'imlo ta'asun ken, Okay? V'hine chatatem l'ashem, U'de'u chatatem l'ashem, If you don't do that, you will have sinned to God, and know your, and know your sins. Chav Dalit, V'nu lachem arim letachem u'g'deiro v'tzonchem, Hayotse mipichem ta'asun. Okay? And build your cities, build your cities for your children, and your feet and your pens for your sheep. And do what you said you would do. Now interestingly, compare this Pasuk, Khaftalin, Rashi compares this Pasuk to uh, where one second, what they said uh, to Tetzayin. Compare Tetzayin to Khafgimma. One second to I'm sorry, to Khaftalin. What do they say? What does he say? And it tells you all everything you need to know. This was also a good speech oh. I gave once. Well, he started. They, they started with the Meknet. They started right. built up our Meknet. Right. 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 Let's just point it again. Tetzayin for Pasuk 16. The people said, We will build pens for our cattle, and cities for our children. What does Moshe say? Look at Chav Dalit 24. Mm-hmm. Build cities for your children and pens for your cattle. Look at Rashi on Tet Zion. Says Rashi. Rashi on Tet Zion. Chasim hayu al memonam yorter mibnehem ubenotehem. Very harsh. They cared more about their money than they did about their children. Shehikdimu miknehem letapam. They put their children. They put, excuse me, their cattle before their children. Amar lehem Moshe. I don't need anything. Moshe said to them, he would not. Loken, sorry, wrong. Asu ikar ikar, v'hatafel tafel. Put what's important first, and tafel, and put what's secondary, second. Benu lachem t'chila arim letafchem, First build for your children. Right. But what's Moshe really telling them? Your priorities are messed up. Right. Your priorities are messed up. And how are your priorities messed up? Everywhere. Right. The whole thing is messed up. Because what's the reason you're doing this? And people, by the way, they say, you know, why, why am I doing all this? What's the reason? You know, why, why are you doing all this for? What's the you know? Why are you why are you getting involved in this? And they say, oh, I'm doing it for my children. You know, and it becomes a vicious cycle because the reason you're doing it for your children is the reason why you spend. I gave, I gave a really good speech about this one. I, I remember it was good. I said well, because a member of mine came back to me many years later, five six years later, and he said, "Pens for the cattle, pens for the cattle." You know, cities for the children. You know, and and uh, and it really struck with him. It stuck with him. And you know, and you speak about people. I, I use it to talk about like we spend so much time investing, and the reason why we work so hard and we spend so many hours at the office and whatever is to provide for our children and in the end you know you provide it for your children but you never really influence them you don't spend enough time with them you know and is it really true are you so I said are you building pens for your children you know, you know cities for your children or pens for your cattle <laughs> pens for your children <laughs> but here Moshe is saying to them your whole value Leah I need you to stop that it's bothering me a little bit I need you to stop okay your, your whole value system is off because in essence what you're saying you're saying we, need, we are people of cattle and what are you doing in the process? You are sacrificing your children 
by making the wrong choice, by putting the needs of your financial well-being over the needs of your children. And what are the needs of your children, really? To be there. You need to be in Eretz Yisrael. And he says it, but he doesn't say it. And it's so interesting. What, like, what bothers me, what bothers me the whole time is, what, what, what I really, what I want, what do I want Moshe most to say? There's one thing I want Moshe to say, and he doesn't say it. Well, no. <laughs> Sorry, you may not. And I'm like, why not say no? I mean, I would have said yeah, no. Because it wasn't just a free choice. There must have been something that was like, it was obviously okay with God. She doesn't get mad. No, Moshe is mad. Not Hashem is mad. Moshe is mad, right? Hashem is not mad. It is interesting. I mean, obviously, one surmises that Moshe sort of because people have free choice, right? He says it in so many meaning. You very rarely find. Illegal to leave Eretz Yisrael. What's that? Maybe. Maybe. Understood. Thus, we'll move forward, and the people will not understand that what's. This doesn't But this is what I wanted to convey. Moshe, you have to see, read between the lines how many times Moshe says, Tarbut Chata'a, the inherent message of the who are you putting first? They're supposed to go and fight. He says it in so many ways. He says to them in so many different ways. This is really, 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 add a lot of reallys, a bad idea. But he doesn't say, but he doesn't say I'm going to chop off your head. For leaving the gulot of Eretz Yisrael. Right. Sometimes parents do that. You have to let your children make their own decisions. And I'm not talking about being with my three-year-old. Right. Like, from what I understand, you say, I'm really against this. I don't support this. I don't think it's a good idea. But, like, you let your child use their judgment. Let them make their own mistakes. Yeah. We had this discussion last week with Bilam. What? Then we had this same discussion last week with Bilam in terms of Hashem, you know, saying no and not going, hinting that you shouldn't go. And... Oh, with Bilam. Right, okay, but here's the problem. Bilam, okay, is a prophet of God, but he's an un-Jewish prophet. You're talking about the destiny of the Jewish people here. You're not talking about a breakaway shul, which is also a problem. But you're not talking about that. You're talking about the the ultimate success or failure, I believe, of the Jewish nation. At some point, like, I, 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 let's surmise, what would have happened, I always wonder, what would have happened had Moshe said, no, I'm sorry. This, this is really not in our... You might have lost it anyway. What? You would have said that. You may have been a what? You might have lost it anyway. I think so the fact that it's Ruben, Shevet Ruben, makes a difference, because Ruben always acts inappropriately. <laughs> and God? God, Shevet God, and half of Menashe? God. Yes, Where is? Where is half of Oh, they come in at the end. Yeah. 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 Because of this, uh, no, but they did, they did instigation. Moshe says, it's like, Chaf Gimel. Listen to your sin that will find you. You know, and uh, okay, and then they say, "My Omer, I'll get them." And then they're like, "Okay, when you're moving and got them, they move in." Moshe Lemor, Avadecha Yasu Ka'asher Adoni Mitzavet. Okay, good idea. We'll do it. Tapenu v'Nashenu Miknenu v'Chobe Hemtenu Yushan v'Arei Agilad. 
right? We'll, we'll leave our children and our, they put their children first this time. Right, right, no, and all our animals. Right? They get it. We'll leave them in the land of Gilad. Okay? And we'll do whatever you say. And Moshe goes on. It continues. Listen. Moshe commands Aaron, I'm sorry, Elazar and Yoshua. And he says to them, If they go with you, Right, everyone can go fight. And they conquered the land. Then you can give them this land of Gilad. And if they don't go with you, then what? Now let's, let's think about this. Let's think about this. Okay, they're leaving their children here. If they go with you, then great. Then you can let them then go back. But if they don't go with you, then what's the punishment? We have to come with you to Canaan. Then we have to come with you to Canaan. But how are they going to... No right. Now let's figure... Like, it, it, then your punishment is... Go to Israel. That you have to go to Eretz Israel. You will force them to be a part of you. So meaning if they act as a part of you, then, then they can separate. But if they don't act as a part of you and they don't keep their word, and by the way, how are you going to coerce them in order there aren't their children back in the land of Gilad hanging out there with their cattle? Getting strong. Getting, how are you going to get them now to say, sorry, uh, you know, we said you could have it, but now you can't have it. They're living there already, what, 15 years? How's that going to happen? How would it happen, obviously? Hashem would make a... No, Hashem's not going to do it for them. No, a famine, like would force them. That's not what God says. If he's talking to them. He's talking to Yeshua. Then you will force him to come to the land of Canaan. And they say, Obviously, this is from Hashem. Whatever God says, that's what we'll do. Isn't it interesting to you that, like, doesn't it seem to you that there's a lot of back and forth here? Moshe says, okay, and then they say, fine. Then Moshe tells them, and then they say, fine. Then Moshe says, yes, and they say, fine. Like, one gets a sense that Moshe's trying to, like, sort of, you know, draw out the negotiations, because at some point they'll say, you know what? Whatever. Forget it. But they don't say forget it. They don't say whatever. Okay? Where is Eretz Kenan? Where, where is Eretz Kenan? Again. Nachnu na'avor chalutzim lifnei Hashem Eretz Kenan. The western side of the Eretz Kenan is before God. And we want our inheritance where? On the other side. I, I really, I read this every time I read this. And then they take in, they build their cities, and it's very nice, and after their children. And I, I wish Moshe had said, sorry. You can do a lot of things, but that you can't do. And I think, you're right. The reason Moshe said, didn't, didn't say no is because at some point you cannot force people meaning the whole point of going to Eretz Yisrael is that 
It's a transfer from coercion, from godliness, from like you said, God will make a miracle and it will happen to. You're now going to live a, a, a real life in Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Canaan, but you're, it's a choice that you have to make. And this is the nature of. It, it is, this is the nature of. This is the nature of of what Eretz Yisrael is all about. It's never a first, a forced, coercive choice, ever. Right? Think about all the times that the Jewish people or our ancestors inherited the land of Canaan. It's never a first choice, and it starts with Abraham Avinu. How does it start? Abraham Avinu, go to. Hashem doesn't say Abraham Avinu, go to Eretz Canaan. What does he say? Lech lecha. What's lecha? Rashi says lahanatcha ulatovatcha. Okay, but lecha also has another connotation. We find another lecha, right, somewhere else in the Torah. Where else do we find another lecha? Shlach lecha. What does Rashi say on shlach lecha? No, Rashi says on shlach lecha. Not that you asked for it. Rashi says on shlach lecha. What does it mean shlach lecha? Shlach lecha on Hashem Eretz Kenan. Look at Rashi on Shlach Lecha, which is chapter 13. Chapter 13, verse 1. It's the second Rashi on chapter 13, verse 1. Rashi says, Shlach Lecha, Lida'atcha, Ani Eini Mitzavelecha. Im Tirtzeh Shlach. If you want... Send. Lech lecha. I always believe lech lecha was the same connotation. Shem says to Abraham, lech lecha. I promise you it's going to be good. But it was very easy for Abraham to say, see for yourself. What? He's saying, see for yourself. If you want to, I cannot force you to do it. I, not that I cannot, I could. I won't. But the one thing Hashem never coerces us to do is to code out Yisrael. Like you have to take that, and you know, there's always a leap of faith. You have to take that leap of faith yourself. And think about it, the, that's the first aliyah, we'll call that. Right, the second aliyah was when? Second aliyah? First aliyah is here, Eretz Canaan, conquering Eretz Yisrael. Second aliyah? After. Shvut uh, Babel, right? Nobody's forced to go. Who are the people that go? Friar. Right, the Friar. And, uh, the and the Fermis. Right, the Friarim and the Fermis. Sounds familiar, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? It sounds it's not familiar. very complimentary. <laughs> well, well, what would you rather be, the Friar or the Fermi? <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, and wh- why should we think the third? Like, everybody thinks, oh, Mashiach is going to come. It's going to be like the same thing. And like, all of us are going to, like, you know, fly to the land of Israel. Anybody ever read, like, the best of all Aminu and your oh, like, yeah. Aminu stories and your Eagles. kids? Right, there's like a famous story in one of the best of Alamenu books. I have it somewhere. Where like, you know, the kids are in Brooklyn and they hear the they hear the chauffeur blowing and then the shuls all magically lift off and they're all like fly there to Israel. And this the, like it starts like this story didn't happen yet, but we know it will. No, it won't. It won't. It's not the way it was. Why would you think that the way it's gonna be is any different than the way it always was? Lach lach lecha. Shlach lecha. Right, right, 100%, but nobody forced them to make that trek, 
Right? It comes from you. And, the, and these Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain are like the story. They're the cautionary tale. Moshe does not say, I mean, he says everything but. You, get, you hear it in his voice. Please, 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 please don't do this. But he doesn't say you can't. Because that's the one thing that Hashem says to him you can't say. You cannot force them. Because that's not what Eretz Yisrael is about. It's not about coercion. It's about making the active choice to want what Eretz Yisrael has to offer. Right? And no matter what we say about the, 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 the Seichel, about how you save money and tuition and all that, nobody comes here because of save money. Because, you know, like, when you do the cheshbon of, like, how are we going to do it? I don't know anybody I've met who said, hmm, it really makes sense financially for me to move to Israel. You know, it's going to work. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we'll figure it out. It'll work. Da, 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 da. And did, did you, like, do the spreadsheet and say, wow, it really makes financial sense for us to move to Israel? Anybody here have that experience? No, it doesn't happen. What? Not from South Africa. Not from South Africa. Right, it just doesn't, it's not, it's not the nature of the business. It doesn't make sense. But Afal PK. You know, the Gidrot Zone are back there. Right, our, but our children are, are here. The, but the cost is, the problem is, what happened to Eretz B'nai Yisrael because of it? Could it be? What happened was they went into lands of Canaan. You know what I'm saying? They, they built their cities and they went into fight. What kind of fight are you going to fight knowing that your children are back there? Not it's not possible. I mean, not as much. Right, you fight to the death because this is where your children are going to live? Or, you know, we conquered this city. How much do you really need? Can we go back already? You know what I'm saying? Like, you see it when... Whenever there's like an imperialism, sort of imperialistic attack, right, it's always sort of half-hearted. Look, you look at countries that are not fighting for their own survival, and you just fight fundamentally differently than you would if this is where you're gonna, your children are going to live. So what happened in the land of Canaan? I mean, we know what happened in Yehoshua. And what happened in Yehoshua? They, they didn't conquer, they didn't destroy... And the Beit HaMikdash was delayed 400 years while they did a Vodazara, then repented, were tormented, did a Vodazara, then repented, were tormented. What would have happened if they had those extra two tribes to clear out that much more space? They just didn't need all the space. What would have happened? So here you have two Shvatim, and this is a, a sixth of the nation, who said, eh, you know, like there's a bit, you ever heard of the phrase like the tipping point? Mm-hmm. Right? It was figured out. It was divvied up. It was supposed to be by 12. And all of a sudden you take it and divide it by 10. It doesn't work as well. It might, it just didn't work. Oh, we'll fight. By the way, the fighting isn't the issue also. As we see always, say, it's not the fighting, the conquering, the military conquering that makes you able to control an area. Rather, it's always the settling. Why? Because if you have people that you have to protect, you defend it in a different way than if it's just area, sheta. You know, we can debate Gaza or whatever, but that was always the argument. There's not enough people living there to defend it. It doesn't justify it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so what happens? Like these people, because of their own selfish needs, their own desires... It's, it's easy to argue that they caused serious, serious harm, not just to themselves, 
But to all of Klai they affected the, the outcome of Jewish history because they wanted their sheep and their cattle. And you don't think about it that way. And that's why I like... You know, let, let's bring it down. Okay, Eretz Yisrael, right, we're all here. The pep talk is it good, we're all here. Thank you, feel better, right? You know what I'm saying? You should. Because that's what it means to, to make a decision that's a klali decision. But it's very hard to always make that klali decision. But I, 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 the more I do things and see, the more I see that when, that when, when we make decisions that are parochial and individual, it doesn't help the people for whom the parochial decisions are made, and it doesn't help the broader community. And it's always a struggle to say, I'm going to sacrifice my own individual need and my own individual desire for the broader good, for the greater good. Because it requires a long-term outlook and a perspective that says that even if my individual needs are not met at this time, it will come out better in the end. Even if you can't always see that. There's a certain faith in that. It's very hard to do. But, I, you know, it's, I'd be hard-pressed to find an example where people said, we're going to take care of our individual needs, we're going to be parochial, we'll take care of what's good for us, and then it ends up good. Because you, you see, I always believe that even if you, your, your individual need is not addressed in the broader good, your effect in the cloud is that much more powerful. Just give you an example. I mean, I'll go to Israeli politics because I'm... I started to feel more more strongly about this. Look at what it, you know. We have now separated ourselves and created our own. We have our own individual parties for the religious Zionist party. That's the way it is in Israel, right? So there's this big debate, and I think a legitimate one: should religious Zionists have their own parties, or should they vote in the broader parties? Right? Because what happens is we have a system where I get mine in order for me to have mine. I've come to believe that I think it's it's worse because even while we say, "Well, we get ours." we have given up the ability to affect the broader community. And in essence, what you say is, well, you have yours, but then they have theirs. Instead of saying, we have ours. And that's not to say that our kids should go to the same schools. And that, that, that's not to say that. Because everybody does have individual needs and desires. But do you see yourself under the umbrella of the broader community or not? And I see this in, in general, as when we say... I need mine, or and we, we separate ourselves from others. In the end, I think in the end, what we're really doing is hurting ourselves. You know what I'm saying? I need to make sure that my neighborhood is Shomer Shabbat, and this neighborhood is closed off. Right? I'm ensuring two things: one, that I don't see cars on Shabbat, and I'm also ensuring that you drive on Shabbat, because you'll never see Shmir on Shabbat, because you're out. We were arguing about this I said, with a friend in the parking lot. It's people who want to go to, like a lot of people, they drive to, they want to see the Eretika, they want to go to the Kotel. And they have time on Shabbat. You know what I'm saying? That segregation is probably more detrimental than your Shemirat Shabbat would be beneficial. And I think that there, it's, a, it's, a, it's a broader perspective. And I think it's really important to always have this, this, this awareness of the value of the broader needs and the benefit of the cloud, even if it's really hard to make that benefit, hard to see it, versus my own parochial individual needs. Because as soon as you say, well, my needs are being taken care of, right, well, whose needs are not being, or how is the cloud not being affected by, by what we have to offer? I feel pretty strong about it. Something to think about. Okay, have a good week.